0: This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Reserve Collection, a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. Rich and bold, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, Comfort and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients, and with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com/hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com/hoffman for Plus CBD's new Reserve Collection. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly rundown of your questions, an opportunity for you to pose questions or share comments with us via radio program at AOL.com. With me today is Layla Mutin, who confers her name to this podcast, Q&A with Layla. Uh, So uh, how are you doing, Layla? Okay,
1: Dr. Hoffman, how are you?
0: Leila is our nutritionist in residence and capably teams up with me to field your questions on a weekly basis. Radio program at AOL.com for questions. So, uh, you know, just here we are in New York and I just n- never mm-hmm. thought this day would arrive, uh, especially in my building, which is very you know, it's very nicely managed, but very carefully managed mm-hmm. and risk averse. The signs were up, you know, wash your hands and the little dispensers of oh, the, yeah. uh, alcohol and all that stuff were in the lobby. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the uh, personnel dutifully wore masks. And, you know, I would uh, get to the door and always have to f- reach in every pocket and fumble for my mask in order to enter the building. Cause yeah. de rigueur was a mask requirement. Yeah. And we got a memo uh, a couple of days ago. That in light of the fact that they're waiving the mask mandate in New York City, mm. uh, that uh, we would no longer be required to wear masks, and I said, "Hallelujah! This Yay! is finally." Yeah. And so, uh, my experience was this: I, I you know, I uh, went uh, up the elevator uh, mm-hmm. without a mask on, and mm-hmm. uh, as I got in the elevator, um, there was a woman with a baby carriage, and she she was wearing a mask. And I said, you know, excuse me, but I don't know if you got the memo, but now we don't have a mask requirement. I hope you don't mind if I, you know, share the elevator with you uh without a mask. And she said, she said, that's that's fine. That's fine. She says, uh, uh but uh I, I prefer to wear mine in order to protect the baby. Oh, which was, you know. I guess a maternal instinct, but a little bit of a false rationale because totally. there's very little, if any. And, and the baby was probably, looked like about, you know, four months old. Yeah. Uh, so and,
1: and a four-month-old not seeing her mother's face
0: yeah. is very detrimental to yeah. that baby's health. In the, the development. But at any rate, so, yeah. so then I go downstairs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess I got on and I went downstairs uh, for the first time in the, in the lobby without a mask. hmm flaunting it as it were you know but I got smiling the, I got the notification but uh-huh. all, the, all the guys the doorman and the guy at the concierge desk uh this is the way you live in Manhattan you have like a doorman and you have it, it it sounds fancy but it it's not it's the way of life in New York Even uh-huh. in a, I, I think I live in a in a a, a moderately good uh, mm-hmm. building but that's the way it is we the way we live in Manhattan we have yeah high-rise buildings with lobbies and concierges and doormen you
1: yeah know. And, uh. I live in a private house, but whatever. So you don't have, you don't have to run (laughs) the gauntlet. I don't have that. No. I have
0: my own rules.
1: (laughs) Right. You don't run the
0: gauntlet. So. Yeah. 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 Right. There's no, uh, directive about how you're going to behave in your your residence. Mm. But so I, you know, I go without my mask and, uh, I said, you know, you guys are still wearing masks, but I don't know whether you're required to wear a mask, but we've been noted, notified as, as, uh, residents of the building that uh, the mask requirement has been waived it's mm-hmm. optional you can wear a mask sure nobody's going to prevent you from this it. is america but you sure. can wear what you like right pretty much <laughs> wear a paper bag over your head whatever yeah. uh but uh it, it's not required anymore and and they seemed surprised they hadn't gotten the memo at uh, poor communication oh. so i went out and i did some things and i came back and all the guys had their, their masks off
1: Oh, yay. Said, they didn't keep them on. I Good.
0: Said, I said, you got the word. It's so nice to see your faces after two years. Yeah. You know, and so one nice. of the guys said, you know, I, he says, I've, I've memorized yeah. everybody in the building based on their eyebrows. He <laughs> says, I'm going to have to get used to this because now I can see your whole face. So, uh, oh, nonetheless, it, there's a mixed response because, uh, mm-hmm. people are, uh, I think fewer people wearing masks, mm-hmm. uh, but still in the stores, a lot of people still wearing masks, and still people are. I see
1: everybody wearing masks and
0: walking around outside with masks. Yeah, which was always irrational, never was rational, never was a rational basis no. for walking around outside with a wind blowing and you know, yeah, uh, and and you know, a- adverse conditions for viral yeah. Uh, transmission.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, the I think the good news is that now with schools, I think they're waiving it as of this week.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's tomorrow.
0: I think some schools, maybe private schools, it's at their discretion to do that sure. or not. I don't know what the deal is. But the public schools, no mask requirement. Mm. Um, oh, the other that's good nice. sign mm-hmm. is this. I walk to work, and as I walk to work, I kind of run the gauntlet of all these co- pop-up COVID testing sites. Oh, yes. There's these little tents.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all a, over the place. There's a
0: van parked there, and then they, they create a little bit of a tent mm-hmm. where you can go and get tested. And a, a, a month ago, they there were long lines snaking you know, to yeah. the to the tests uh, today. As I walked past them, uh, the, the they were still there. Yes. But the guys were sitting in the van. You know, looking at their their cell phones. Yeah. Because they were bored. There was yeah, nobody there. Nobody wanted to get tests. So that's an awfully good sign that is good. at the end that of the is pandemic.
1: Good. Yeah. I wonder if that means that a lot of businesses who were supporting a yeah. vaccine mandate were mm-hmm. to get tested yeah. on a weekly basis or whatever they were doing. Maybe they've dropped those kind yeah. of rigid uh,
0: rules. So from what I understand, some restaurants are there, especially little small restaurants
1: mm-hmm.
0: are saying, you know, go right ahead. You know, it's like if you fumble with your phone to show them, you know, something, yeah. like a proof, they, don't, they go, go ahead, you know, yeah, don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the, the paradox is that if you're sitting there eating, you got your mask off, and then if you like get up to go to the bathroom or something, you yeah. put your mask on. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird.
1: Totally, and that's how it was in the beginning, and it made no sense whatsoever. And the state whatsoever. of the, the
0: state of the union mm-hmm. magically, no, there was nobody wearing a mask. I, there was one guy in a wheelchair who presumably was an at-risk person mm-hmm. who was no longer mm-hmm. who was wearing a mask. I
1: fell asleep during the state of the union. <laughs> okay. I fell asleep.
0: I I, uh, I was alternating between that and the Nets basketball game uh, <laughs> because I kind of said, okay, I can I know it's coming, you know, it's like I can yeah I'll, I'll read about it in the morning yeah uh, so and the other interesting thing is uh, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth yeah uh, had she got COVID it. Mm-hmm. and she's now back to her duties now she's ninety five years old yeah I mean you would think like just a whiff of COVID would just put her you know right, right. under the lilies. Uh, that suggests some degree of resilience on her part. Mm -hmm. Well, perhaps the efficacy, because she's, she's been vaccinated and boosted, you know, up the wazoo, Mm -hmm. and, or maybe she got some special medications. It's classified. Nobody knows what she got. You
1: know, if
0: it were up to her son. She'd be getting homeopathic remedies Uh because Prince Charles is an advocate of homeopathy.
1: Oh, he is. Who knows? Maybe
0: who knows what she tanked up on. Okay, but she's fine. That's great. Which is very encouraging sign. Yeah, for for those who feel you know they're older, they're vulnerable. Yeah, Uh, she also has some resilience because she she tromps around in her in her. Wellington's uh-huh. up there in Scotland. Yes, and uh, you know I'm pretty sure that the uh, the the, uh, the heat is not that good in the castle.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, it's kind of an echoey place. And mm-hmm. she, I mean, she's cultivated resilience over the years because she Could likes be. to drive her uh, Land Rover. And then trot right. through the moors. Yes, and hike
1: Scotland. and hunt and all of that. And right, right. <laughs> yeah, she was a former mechanic, I believe, in, in, yeah. the, in the military or, yeah. or something. Assisted the war stuff. effort or something. Well, I think New York is the last place to continue donning masks at this
0: yeah. point. Yeah, well, it, it, uh, it's, and irrationally, because New York was so hard hit, yeah. That it's estimated that maybe upwards of uh, 70% of people have natural immunity. Mm. Not to mention the fact there's a very high penetration of the vaccine. Yes. And boosters, too. Yes. A so lot of it, people got vaccinated and boosted. So, mm-hmm. you know, they have the paradox of it, people being more risk averse here, but at the same time, for less compelling reasons.
1: Mm.
0: You know, so anyway, th- that's the good news. Yeah. The bad news is that we don't have to worry about, you know, uh, radiation blasts. You know, and uh, yeah. you know the threat of nuclear <laughs> annihilation. So, right, you know, lest lest we, <laughs> lest we uh, oh, no. lower our guard and and let the level of anxiety abate. Uh, you know, we're now in a showdown with Russia, and uh, you know, it's if
1: it's not one thing, it's the other. <clears throat> you know, it's like what yeah. else could go wrong? What? Yeah, you almost don't want to say that. It's like a jinx, right? Right, and I think it's.
0: The CDC has issued uh, a a revised, they they always have had this, you know, ever since the Cold War, uh, recommendations for what you do in the case of a nuclear blast. And they say, you know, don't look at the blast, duh, you know, face away from the windows because of the shattering of glass and the, you know, the the explosion. Uh, and, you know, get under a desk, which is what we did, you know, in the 1950s. I remember the drills where they would say, you know, like, uh, crouch under your desk. Mm -hmm. You know, like we would have earthquake drills because we're Southern California. We would have nuclear, (laughs) talk about making kids like neurotic. Yeah. Uh, and then, but they've added something to that, they said, you know, when you go to a fallout shelter, uh, you, you should wear a mask. Because there are COVID precautions. <laughs> so, you think COVID is going to be the biggest thing we have to oh, worry about if we have to go into like underground yeah. life, you know, because of radiation on the surface? The
1: building I grew up in, in Long Island City, had a fallout shelter in the yes. basement. I remember. The,
0: remember the sign? There's the sign, signs. fallout yeah. shelter, yeah.
1: and they had all of this, uh, all of these other, uh, uh, uh they had barrels of like... I don't know what they were that might have been hard tack or something that was in there okay. but all supplies and things mm-hmm. like that it was wild. Yeah. yeah and if you were But sur- and that but that was even before my time but If
0: you're a survivalist you can buy food that will last you for 25 years. Yeah. Now, what's the quality of food that lasts for 25 I know, years? It can't
1: be great. That's shelf life, oh. you know, even yeah. Oh. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, on so, to
0: questions? <laughs> okay, so onto more prosaic matters. Yes. Uh, Oh
1: my gosh. Uh, this is from RH. Well, my initials. Yeah. Oh yeah, from RH, but different last name. Uh, I do read Dr. Hoffman's, uh, emails and, and the blogs. Nice piece on olive oil. We talked about olive oil. I would greatly appreciate your review of camelina oil. A few years ago, I ran into it at a health convention, bought a gallon, kept it in the refrigerator. Yeah. Kept it refrigerated and use it both as a dressing and, co- and cooking oil. Hmm. Taste and especially aroma are very nice, wow. flowery. Wow! I tried the seeds, also very tasty. Claims are that it has a better nutritional profile than olive oil and a higher smoking point than coconut oil. Wow. Much of what I see online seems to be positive. So apparently, in looking at this... Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, it's a new one on me. The camelina plants. Is native to Finland okay and what they found fa- Finland and throughout Europe it affects cardiovascular health of men and women with pre-diabetes well you are th- that's a yeah big, that's a big problem in Finland
0: Finland has had totally one of the highest rates of cardiovascular disease yeah because there's a lot of smoking there's mm-hmm. a lot of meat Yes, and there's a a a dearth or there used to be a dearth mm-hmm. of vegetables, yeah, because it was one of those cold Nordic countries where it was actually hard to get that right and right. but now I think it's more modernized and the and the supply chains are are mm-hmm. better, and they have more mm-hmm. uh better nutrition and also they've had it's actually a small country, but it's one of the countries that leads the world in cardiovascular research yeah, yeah. the finish the finish yeah
1: yeah. And I believe Finland was cut out of the original 22 countries in oh. Ansel Keys's original saturated fat cholesterol research. Okay, because he and, then, only and used... that's the
0: cherry-picking that that's led the to the conclusions. That's the cherry-picking Exactly. That said, you know, low-fat, low-fat, you know, right. cholesterol is the enemy kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, camelina oil has alpha-linolenic acid.
0: Which is an omega-3.
1: Which is an omega-3, which is great for the heart and all of that. And traditionally, EPA and DHA have been considered the more active types of omega-3s. And even though some ALA converts to the body to EPA, DHA, it's a minimal amount. So it's still something. But the other thing that they're finding out is that according to these researchers, neither fish oil nor, nor fish have been shown to be hypocholesterolemic.
0: But they don't lower, lower cholesterol. They don't clo- but, lower but, cholesterol. But, but. But mm. they have been demonstrated to mm-hmm. lower cardiovascular risk. True. So, could, so it's not all know, about
1: the cholesterol. It's not all
0: about the cholesterol. They're anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. They're maybe vasodilatory. They, mm-hmm. they help keep the blood vessels open and the blood pressure down, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, they're anti-clotting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a bit of a blood thinner. Mm-hmm. So that could be the source of their benefits. Yeah.
1: And the oil, as well as the seeds, have plenty of vitamin E. Okay. Which the seeds are known to have, which is... Yeah also helpful in its preservation. So so w- it could be another oil I w- to... Uh, I, will,
0: I will note this, is that uh, the ability to, con- to convert linolenic acid, which is a plant source of omega-3, to EPA and DHA is limited genetically. It is. Some populations have that ability and other populations do not. And yeah. part of it has to do with where in the world did your ancestors originate from? Because yeah. if your ancestors uh, originated from a place... Where there is plenty of EPA, as mm-hmm. in a fish, uh, a, a fishy diet, mm-hmm. you know, like so we say the Inuit Eskimo, yes. no, uh, form, formerly the artists, formerly known as Eskimos, or <laughs> the right the Inuits they call it Inuit. The Inuits yeah. uh, they probably don't have the gene that allows them to eat plants and convert it to EPA because they have so much EPA anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but people in southerly places like equatorial regions. They may not have access to, uh, salmon, you yeah. know, and, uh, cold water fish. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they, on the, the vegetarian foods, they, eat, they can convert. Mm-hmm. But the world's population is so mixed up now, there's no, almost no genetically pure populations that That's the true. trade is distributed, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's FAD something, uh, the gene is called oh, FAD. okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, sometimes uh, people consume vegetarians for example they just consume vegetarian sources of omega3 sure they may not actively convert it to omega three so
1: right that they're using flax oil instead of fish right. oil for so example they may, they're not they're, converting if it if they're well.
0: ethical vegans and they don't want any animal uh, products they can take the algae form of DHA yes and get that yes that's because that that's Absolutely. vegan legal it's yeah. vegan legal yeah.
1: right <laughs> yep. it's VL okay uh, we have another question from Marianne. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Do you think that Serovital is a good and safe supplement? Would it be contraindicated with any other supplements? You know, it's hard to find out what's in that stuff. It's but pro- what I th- proprietary. It's proprietary ingredient. But what they do secret say... Sauce. It's secret sauce. They do say it's a blend of Im- amino acids to help support raising human growth hormone, HGH. Now there are a lot of amino acids that can support HGH, there's a way of living that will support your HGH. Mm -hmm. Eating less sugar, if you if you just finished working out at the gym or you went for your morning run or whatever, go eat a good breakfast. Don't Mm -hmm. have a fruited yogurt or a banana Mm -hmm. because that fructose, believe it or not, is lowering the amount of HGH that that beneficial exercise was going to raise. So let's talk a little bit about HGH. It's human growth hormone. Yes. And human
0: growth hormone is the thing that was very popular in the nineties, especially, but yeah. it's also the thing that, you know, got baseball players and athletes in trouble because it was, you know, uh, doping. Doping. And yeah. it made them bigger and stronger. And in fact, you could see the appearance of some of these athletes change. They started out as really skinny kids. And by the time they were hitting home runs, you know, like the Sammy Sosa era and the Maguire era, mm-hmm. they looked different. And see, mm-hmm. here's the thing. When you, when you're above the age of 20, mm-hmm. um, and your hat size changes. That suggests that you're juicing,
1: because oh, okay. your, the
0: size of your head That's interesting. stops growing when you're like what or eighteen or twenty? Yeah. And if if it starts growing, it's, it's you're using it's some exogenous thing to to. Beef you up, yeah. So it's a growth hormone, mm-hmm. and there's actually a disease of gigantism, yes, uh, which is you can those see really those really big
1: people. gigantic people, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. they have big, big square jaws, and you know they're they're mm-hmm. so growth hormone is thought to be rejuvenating, but here's the problem with growth hormone is that uh, it's in, double-edged. In terms Sorry. of lab animals, mm-hmm. uh, they actually have uh, bred growth hormone deficient. Mice, mm. and they're like
1: little bitty tiny mice,
0: because they didn't really grow. Yeah, but they live about thirty or forty percent longer. Ah, so the, it is not really anti-aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may make you look more awesome. Yeah, and be stronger, and make your organs bigger mm-hmm. in looking more youthful. But is it really the fountain of youth? And I think also it's got yeah. the potential to promote cancer growth. Uh, it's got uses, but, you know, people yeah. in frailty, in people who are uh, recovering from an injury, I think growth yes. hormone has the potential, mm-hmm. you know, or a, like a debilitating operation, because yeah. it's reparative. Um, so, the, so the qu- first question I ask is, it, not even addressing the question, does it work? Do you want it to work? Mm-hmm. Do you want to raise your growth hormone? I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, but then we get yeah. the question of, does it really work? There are some studies that have certain amino acids may increase growth hormone, but not much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. so that product, that, what's it called? Ceroil? Uh, Cerovital. Cerovital. Yeah. Yeah. That is very kind of an old school product. Yeah. Uh, that is, I think, a waste of time.
1: Probably. And
0: it's expensive. Yeah. And unnecessary. And, you know, even if it does work, do you want that effect?
1: Right, right, right. Well, uh, as baby boomers are, you know, getting closer to retirement age and everything. Well, they are, but the last part of the, you know, the lowest quintile now or quartile of the baby boomers are entering their retirement years. Nobody wants to get old. Yep. So these, so it's these it's kind of supplements are more and more, yeah. more and more popular. Yeah. I'm seeing more and more ads for them. I'm getting more and more spam from various oh, places okay. about all of that. So. It's very interesting. Okay. We've got an email from Nancy. I'm writing about a friend of mine that needs help. She's 62 years old and has been on the drug tenofovir for 16 years for the treatment of hepatitis B. It's also a treatment for AIDS, Dr. Hoffman. I, I okay. looked up. How many years? 16 years wow. for hepatitis B. She is having side effects including gout-like pain and eye blurriness her glomerular filtration rate is now with 71. Her liver enzymes are a little higher. Are B- there- it's
0: also known as Bictarvi, and I've seen advertisements ah, for it on Bitar- TV. Yeah.
1: Are uh, there, it's are it's there actually an- mostly an AIDS drug. Yeah, yeah. But she's been taking it for Hep B for 16 years. That's well, I- a lot. Are you supposed to chronically take a Hep B medication like that? Yeah. Really? Hmm.
0: I, I it's also used for Hep B. It's it's it suggests that it's not that efficacious. It suppresses the HEP B but doesn't eliminate it. We've done better with Hep C. People can take medications now for Hep C mm-hmm. and it actually eradicates it. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, the number of people with Hep C far outnumbers the now far outnumbers the number of people with Hep B. Yeah. Um but, you know, I guess the idea is to take it chronically to protect the liver from cirrhosis. Mm.
1: Um yeah. But she's having gout-like pain now, eye blurriness, liver enzymes are high as they would be, right? Even in the setting of hepatitis B. And her kidney function may be impacted. She's 62 years old. Well, okay, I mean, let's I I haven't had to treat a lot she of people needs a who, work yeah, yeah. who
0: have Hep B, but um, yeah. The the strategy would be to support the liver function. To make sure mm. the diet isn't contributing. Because if you've got like a poor diet and you have Hep B, it's double trouble for your liver. Sure. Uh, if you are taking a lot of toxic uh, materials in your diet, uh, you know, environmental toxins and pesticides, yeah. that has an adverse effect. And using effect. Tylenol and, regularly and or something. Certain medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we actually just saw a patient who had fatty liver uh, just before yes. recording this. And with her her situation, we have to clarify because we don't even quite know why she has fatty liver. The vast yeah. majority of people with liver abnormalities it's dietary, not infectious. Yeah, yeah. But here we have a cause. It's Hep B, and um, you know, is there a way to mitigate the side effects of the medication? I can't say there is, and if we did, we might uh, vitiate the effectiveness of the medication. You know, some yeah. people say, "Oh, take some." Um, take some uh, milk thistle if yes. you're taking a medication that affects your liver. Well, it may reduce the effectiveness of the medication.
1: Right, 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 right. The P450 uh, pathway. Yes, where there are certain not every people are taking milk thistle just because they're taking a medication, medication. but but without checking into whether it would interfere. An it's, very, you know. it's very important. You know. And the other thing is eat in a way to support your liver health. So if your diet is junky, Nancy, if your friend's diet is junky. It's time to clean it up. It's time to clean uh, it up. Take
0: acetylcysteine consider RegActive, which generates glutathione in the intestinal tract. We just did an interview on that subject.
1: Alpha-lipoic acid. Alpha-lipoic acid. Phosphatidyl choline. Choline. Choline,
0: Right. Uh, And I didn't uh, bombard our last patient with a lot of these things Mm -hmm. because I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Yeah. But next time I see her, when we have more data, we're sending her to a liver specialist to figure it out. Yeah. um, Because I don't think she's been completely worked up. For it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so you know we'll get the verdict, and then yeah. we'll support the liver. And if she needs to be on some medication for her liver. We'll make sure that the medication is compatible with
1: yeah.
0: what we're prescribing. So, yeah, I mean okay. uh, that's disappointing to hear that that medication has to be taken for such a long period of time and creates really, my yeah.
1: goodness. I didn't know they were meant to be taken forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. So they're curing hep C but not hep
0: B. Yeah, with a course of therapy that I think is like just a few months.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, good point At which to flip over to part two. And so give us a preview of what uh, questions we're going to address in part two.
1: Dr. Hoffman, is it true that the data on the long-term safety of melatonin is incomplete?
0: Okay, we'll address that. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. You're listening to our weekly Q&A with Layla. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.